Hello, everyone. Welcome to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry with Dave Clay, Dr. Michael David Clay, a.k.a. Dave Clay. When I was young, (laughs) very young, I suppose, relatively speaking, there were these things called baseball cards, which they still have today. I don't know that it's as uh, prominent. I don't know if it's as uh, popular as it was in my day. I suspect the stakes are much higher. Um, But we used to trade baseball cards. And, uh, (laughs) And what is the value? It's the face value. It's literally so. Who's on the card? And the issuance. Uh, what series, as far as being issued, was it one of the earlier cards? Was it a reproduction, replication? All of that went into it. But early in my life, when I was younger, <laughs> it was not really so much based on even that. It was our first brush with this sort of trading and selling and commerce and all the things that go into uh, probably capitalism. I don't know. Um, Maybe so. And uh, we learned some harsh lessons. Uh, I want this one. No, I want that one. I'll trade you four of these for one of these. I've got two of these. Would you take two of these for these? No, you want three of these. And it would go on forever. And there was, again, a lot of fun in that. We were learning a lot. We thought that there was a lot of importance. We ascribed a lot of significance to that. But when you're 5, 6, 7, maybe up to age 10 to 12, what is that worth? (laughs) You'd just go to, uh, back then it was the apothecary, the drugstore. You could go to the grocery store and just buy some more. And then hope you'd get a really, really, really valuable one, which everybody now knows you never do. And if you do, you've got to wait a lifetime <laughs> to figure out just how valuable it truly is. First Kings chapter 9, verse 10. And it came to pass at the end of 20 years when Solomon had built the two houses, the house of the Lord and the king's house, Now Hiram, the king of Tyre, had furnished Solomon with cedar trees and fir trees and with gold, according to all his desire, that then King Solomon gave Hiram 20 cities in the land of Galilee. And Hiram came out from Tyre to see the cities which Solomon had given him, and they pleased him not. And he said, What cities are these which thou hast given me, my brother? And he called them the land of Cabal unto this day. And Hiram sent to the king six score talents of gold. Now, is this baseball cards? No. Are the stakes much higher? Yes. Is it the stuff of trouble? Is it the stuff of mammon? Probably so. Hiram and Solomon were friends. Hiram called him his brother. Solomon indeed did receive the gifts from Hiram that went into the construction of, at least I know for sure, the Lord's house 
and possibly even the king's house. I can't remember. But it would not surprise me. And there were a lot of relationships like that for the sake of Solomon's father, David, and all that David had done in this sort of baseball card trading manner or way that had built a lot of credibility and with that value. And was this indeed just about cedar trees or even so neighbors? You know, it was all the neighborhood kids that used to do the baseball card trading. I'm pretty confident that that's an aspect of it. They were physical geography neighbors. But this had much larger implications. As much as we've spoken on recent podcasts about plight, the plight of David, uh, when it comes to enemies, when it comes to welfare and physical health, when it comes to diseases, uh, when it comes to, again, in enemy terms, those that might not only have something against you, but something against maybe your friend, the other kids on the block. When I was younger, too, we did that. We protected our turf. It wasn't like um, some sort of big city, New York City, kind of uh, gang warfare. But at the same time, or Los Angeles or whatever city you want to pick, Chicago, West Side Story kind of stuff. It wasn't quite that, but it had an element of that. And if somebody got out of line and started to bully, or if there was somebody moved into our neighborhood who was a bully, or maybe there was a bully at school, we banded together, just as Hiram called Solomon a brother. There's political implications that go along with it. But as much as, again, this exchange between Hiram and Solomon followed then the construction of the Lord's house and all that went into that as much as again life is in material terms transactional but for the sake of one's really understanding of what the construction of the Lord's house was all about it had in that same way logistics construction physical dimension needed and required some element of cooperation Uh, (laughs) borrowing from those around to garner therein the resources not only material resource but labor (laughs) human resource to construct it and not to have anybody really say you can't or to become so concerned with your construction of it that they want to undo it for fear that you're going to somehow end up becoming stronger than them, more powerful, um, might not respect or have the element of respect in that neighborly sort of relationship way, might become the bully. So there was a lot that had gone into getting to the place where Solomon had that level of credibility, some of which he earned, most of which I believe was conferred to him, as was the the throne itself by King David, his father. But Hiram was very typical of the type of prestige, prominence, 
that the Hebrew people held at that moment in history. And this conversation with Solomon was taking place after the, the temple had been built. The Lord's house had been built. And I believe that the inspiration for the building of that, though it was, again, coming from David, Solomon knew that. Solomon knew that David wanted to construct or build this house. I'm going to go to 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 17. Let's go to 16. Since the day that I brought forth my people Israel out of Egypt, I chose no city out of all the tribes of Israel to build a house, that my name might be in it. But I chose David. And this was as in Solomon reminding the people on really the day of dedication of the temple that God had chosen David and promised to David who spoke with his mouth and he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel who spoke with his mouth unto David my father and hath with his hand fulfilled it, saying, Since the day that I brought forth my people Israel out of Egypt, I chose no city out of all the tribes of Israel to build an house that my name might be in it, but I chose David to be over my people Israel. And it was in the heart of David my father, and this is Solomon reminding again the people, It's a sermon. David, my father, or his father, and it was in the heart of David, my father, to build a house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And the Lord said unto David, my father, whereas it was in thine heart to build a house unto my name, thou didst well that it was in thine heart. Nevertheless, thou shalt not build the house, but thy son, who, once again, it's Solomon's preaching here, reminding the people, the day of dedicating the the, uh, construction, the temple itself, who shall come forth out of thy loins, he shall build the house unto my name. So, there is, I believe, an awareness on Solomon's behalf or part that really it's all a heart matter more than it is a physical matter. And yet there are these logistical elements. It doesn't harm anything that God would have some measure of, I guess, appearance. No one could look upon the face of God, probably simply because you can't. God is a spirit, (laughs) and with that, if you look upon the face of God, you look upon most likely his creation, uh, believing that God is more than bound to the material. He is of spirit first, as we're called to be of spirit first. But people, especially people who don't know God, who really don't understand God, those who aren't mature enough, as within God's intention, plan of restoration of the preeminence of the prominence that he always he intended all along for the Holy Spirit to have as in dwelling in earthen vessels as in Adam and Eve in the garden and the devil manipulating them such that they lost or maybe had no real awareness of that and needed to be guided or led or redirected or directed back to the Holy Spirit uh, as he, the devil, 
stole Adam and Eve or attempted to, probably did specific to Adam and Eve, but he could not steal humans, humanity as God's creation, because you can't separate (laughs) the material manifestation from the spirit. Although people who are less, I guess, mature really have not the benefit of the type of relationship that the Hebrew people had with God. The end of all of that wisdom has rested upon Solomon, at least with his intention to not only garner it, but to share it, to rule with it, to in that way apply it, bring word to living word in human dimension. Not like Jesus, because Solomon couldn't, but when he built and constructed the temple, and he did this as with saying, reminding the people of what God had said to David, the covenant, the promise, exchange of word between David and God, and God honoring David's heart, it was always to be as with the Spirit, a Holy Spirit, a heart matter, the fruit of the Spirit being love, the divine nature. It's not about the physical building, except there are those who in their immaturity would never understand it. So they're looking for needing something to touch, taste, process within the human dimension of sensorium. And then, empirically so, say, hmm, wait a minute, maybe there's something more to this thing. And I do believe in his wisdom, Solomon understood that. I don't think Hiram did. But isn't that the great temptation in life? (laughs) Even so, as you've been blessed with either that, the lineage, as with somebody who was before you, having somebody who was before them, having somebody who was before them generationally (laughs) came to, empirically came to some recognition of God manifest as with creation. Once they had come to that conclusion or validated that, established that reliably with great validity, you still had to figure out how it all happened, how it all began, how it was inspired. What was it, if you can't see it, chicken egg, which came first? We're still struggling with that, at least a good bit of the population. But again, that captures the Solomon Hiram conversation, I believe. It captures David's greatest struggles some with himself, more so with, again, his neighbors, and some of them being bullies, and even so within his own house, his family. But simply because you have been granted (laughs) this word of wisdom, and you want to, as with Solomon, learn all you can about it, so that you then might go beyond simply the material to the actual origin of it all, the creation, the creative power, the power of life. 
so that you then might understand it in its broadest of terms, even as it might be beyond your human capability or capacity to take it in and would require spiritual impartation, supernatural sort of awareness, Solomon was open to all of that. And I think he was granted that. But he still had to struggle with those of lesser operation who still tended to be bound to more physical dimensions, transactional elements. They were still trading baseball cards and did not recognize that value is not something implicit in the material. Value comes from what the highest order Whatever you might give that to, I give that to the creator of all things. I give that to the author of all things. I give that to the God above all gods that has all power within his hand to create. And I don't think God kills I think all things in material sense are transactional and will in that way die so that God in spirit can create more. Is there going to be more humans for the time being? That's going on. Will it always be that way? I don't know. My human inclination is the present Status of my understanding and awareness is probably not. I'm not sure humans are any better than any of the other things God has created. Except we have been chosen by God to be able to go beyond the five senses and our intellectual or our, as with organism, our minds, our natural our brain strata, matter and structure and strata, all the different levels and layers of awareness, consciousness, the psychological dimensions, we're capable of even conceiving without the assist of God to inspire it. And how does he do that? As he does all things that he creates, it is through the human material, specific to humans, dimension of brain, But you have to get to a point where you realize that was all to get you to a place where you can begin to realize that is bound to the material, but it isn't the creation of the material. We can enjoy creativity. We can understand creativity. We can even somewhat operationally define the creative process of life, but we can't control it because we don't have that power within our control. What we can do is participate. And again, the best that some people get to is mammon. The best some people get to, the lower levels... Of operation, human operation, though there may be some virtue attached to it, it's very minimal, some character attached to it, it's very minimal, is kill or be killed, bully people to get them to do what you want, or as in this case of Solomon and Hiram, transactionally trade favors. And probably Hiram was bit of politician. He was king of Tyre. And he probably knew, don't poke the bear. Israel was 
pretty prominent, powerful. After all, God was on their side. And Solomon knew that. And yet, that is, again, the great temptation. We've spoken of that on the last podcast, the temptation of David, the temptation of Christ. Solomon had the same temptation, the same elements. He preached a good sermon on the day of dedication. This is all about God. But the temptation is to make it so transactional or to keep it within the realm of the material and the mammon and really not allow yourself to be engaged in the highest order of all things. The spirit of life, the Holy Spirit, God. Intellectual is higher than fight or flight or just reactive, reflexive sort of brain operations, cognitive, psychologically so, in that domain. It's the latter system to come online. We should use logic, rationale, and reasoning. But even as you get to the end of that and recognize the terminality of that, it's terminal in the sense that it's going to go away with your body. And with that, a lot of that is left to just that. What we think is important. What we think is valuable. But that's why God gave us his word in the first place. So we'd have some way of calibrating that. Hiram was upset because all of his gifts unto David, David, Solomon, for the sake possibly of David, but for the building of, we at least know, or I know for sure, the temple and maybe even Solomon's house, probably so, that, wait a minute, I'm not really all that pleased with this. What is this? It's a cabal. It's, it's these meager cities. I wanted more. I want to be, again, at your right hand. <laughs> Jesus, uh, the sons of Zebedee. Uh, I want to... Which one? Which of the two? I want to be at the right hand. I want to... Be right there helping you make all those decisions. I'll, I'll concede, Jesus. I'll concede, Solomon. I'm not you. But it'd be really nice if you showed me the highest of favor. James and John. The idea of the highest favor, Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration. The highest favor, though, even Jesus said, it's not mine to give, it's God's. But it's not even about humanity, because in God's spiritual realm, humanity really isn't valuable. Mickey Mantle may have been original series, maybe one of the first. It's valuable, Babe Ruth, it's valuable... But it's only valuable within the context of what, in construct, we make it to be. (laughs) And even as kids, that early age, there's a recognition of that. This is all a game. (laughs) You can seemingly make it really important, and there is a lot of life and death attached to it, as I said. The temptations of David, temptations of Jesus, temptations of Solomon, temptations of Hiram, temptations really of anyone who's ever been alive, safety, food, pestilence, blight, uh, famine, 
the plight of us all. But the idea is the answer doesn't come from baseball cards or transactions. It comes from God, the author and finisher, (laughs) as in Christ, as in the physical manifestation. He's more than Mickey Mantle, though, folks. You can't treat Jesus that way. You have to see, even as he has human dimension, you're not trading baseball cards. Oh, I got Jesus here, and this is going to make it all better. I got Jesus here, so I'm going to trump, so to speak, all of your other cards. I'll give you 500 of John the Baptist for a Jesus. No, that's not how it is played. But if you don't understand this one central premise, and that was Solomon's sermon on the day of dedication, and why God blessed him, this is all of God's doing. It's whether or not God's in your heart or the desire is in your heart It's not what you do to prove yourself to God or even what you feel like you have to do to make God happy. (laughs) It's about doing what God's called you to do. Again, Solomon understood, and as I don't have time on the podcast today to read all of it, we might work our way back around to it next podcast or a few podcasts down the road. I don't know. But... Solomon knew fully well that there would be a lot of lost people he was going to have to have relationships with because of the material dimension. Solomon's problem was that he allowed them to take him down to their level rather than him being elevated or elevating them as he would grow, as he would mature, as the world then would be covered with the glory of God, as would be manifest in the, on the day that the temple was dedicated. It, the glory filled the temple so much so they couldn't get back in. But that wasn't about temples. That's about humans. That's what it, it really is. It's a metaphor. It's a representation. It's more than that. It's literal. I believe that it happened. But we could see in those kind of parable, metaphorical, whatever you'd want to call it, ways, God's trying to help us understand. You've got to keep the ark in you. And then in some ways you become the ark. But what's in the ark? It is the tablets and as you would read this passages, these passages, or this passage between 1 Kings 8 and through Kings 9, 1 Kings 9, it spoke of bringing the ark up to the temple and establishing it there and offering all the sacrifices and all that that meant to lay down the material element to give up the best that one would have for the sake of the greater that God represented It's all of those things that go into Christ and why God sent his son so that we might understand that in material terms, but more so that we might with Jesus be again restored, have again restored, that the Holy Spirit determines the value of everything. But don't start with the material, and that's unfortunately what Solomon fell back into transactional mammon sort of terms. He hung out with too many people that saw it that way. He had to contend with them, and I believe this is against Solomon, one of his maybe first steps to his apostasy that he fell into. 
Hiram was transactional. And immediately, upon the dedication of the temple, and God granted Solomon his petition, his request. And with that, God told him, if you continue to do it the way that you've preached it, Solomon, the way that I've given you, as you've asked, ability to see it in the Holy Spirit terms, as the Holy Spirit has not only filled the temple, but first and foremost has filled you, which inspired you, I gave the Holy Spirit, you access to the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit then was given because you understood, Solomon, even in human terms, of the great need to seek out God, you discovered I live in you. <laughs> I'm there. But if you go into the transactional, I can be there as the Holy Spirit is there all along, has been all along from the creation of humankind, even to today, from your birth, my birth, even in today, from the birth to the death of all those who have gone before us, from the birth to the death of all those that will come after us until Jesus comes again, and possibly to the end of all humanity, as with new creatures in Christ. God's been with us all along, but we'll do the same thing Adam and Eve did. The devil doesn't change his method of operation. And as wise as Solomon was... He played down to, or he was brought down to, Hiram's level. And when you go down there, there will always then be in transactional terms, if I'm right, in my understanding of death, that all of us are going to die, and even humanity, at some point somebody else is going to come along that has all the power, and in that we're going to hope that they're not going to be bullies, you could try to, again, do the Hiram thing and line yourself up with the strong persons or peoples so that you have the protection from all of those temptations that I, again, mentioned last podcast as well as this, that all of us are subject to individually and as peoples. But isn't it the way of God? Isn't it most elegant? You win everybody over in soul, spirit first, soul terms, and then you don't have to worry about the rest of this stuff. That's where we fail. We don't put the energy into that simply because we don't want to embrace the fact that we're going to die. You're going to die. Your kingdom is going to go away. It's just part of it. It's the way of the material world. It's just it. You may have legacies, but, and there may always be humans. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see it as such, but maybe there is iterative regeneration where it can all come back again, even if it looks like it's gone extinct. But at the same time, why would we waste energy on that? I go, for, I go for the spirit in my counseling. Because if I can align the person up, and I really, I'm right there with Solomon. That was a great sermon. I'm right there with the dedication of the temple. Not only the building, the church, but the person. I'll do that again. I'm right there with going through the sacrifices 
as in then symbolic or metaphorical of laying our lives down or giving ourselves. I'll go with you to Jesus and say that's why God sent Jesus so that we'd understand what it looks like to fully submit even in material terms, even in giving our life to Christ, in Christ, to God, having him help us to overcome that great implicit fear of death all humans have. I'm okay with covering all that again, but I'm going to do that so that I can get to, again, the promise of God. And with that, the second appearance to Solomon. And with that, God's promise revitalized, renewed, restored. Not only in my heart, because it doesn't change as long as I'm a man after God's heart like David. It's my head that gets in the way. That's what I do in counseling. That's what Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry, that's where we start. It's your brain. It's part of your body. It's corrupt. It fears death. It's got a fight or flight reaction. It's got a survival reaction that has to be overcome not only so that you can somehow in some narrative sort of way, altruistic sort of way. Wait till you, if you don't do it in Jesus, if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to have full reign, even as again, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. If you don't allow, the angels can't minister to you in that manner. And what's going to happen is when you face your death, you're going to have an existential crisis, literally a crisis of existence. Because you've not established yourself, not only in the highest-minded sort of way, as with cognitive, you're not an animal, you're called to a higher order. But humans, you can't save yourself out of your humanity or even your best human construct of what's ethical, moral, noble. It has to come from God and the Holy Spirit. But if you've not done that, when you face your death, you're not going to be able to do that so easily. I do believe in deathbed confessions and salvations. But that doesn't serve you at all in life. My mission in counseling is to help you be adaptive. To allow the Holy Spirit to lead, guide, direct. But I have to take you through the death of all of those things that would be enmity, mammon included, your humanity, all the things the devil would tempt you with, tempted Jesus with, David with, Solomon with, Hiram with. And then I have to point out all the lesser people around you are going to think you're a fool for doing this thing. They may think I'm foolish or whoever it is that is privileged to counsel you at what is covenants or what covenants, specialized pastoral care services, Christian counseling ministry, or what we're speaking of on what is covenants, specialized pastoral care, Christian counseling ministry. Uh, They may think we're foolish and giving you bad advice. Um, That's spiritually discerned. You have to make that determination yourself. I'm not going to try to persuade you anything other than to listen to the Holy Spirit on whether you should come talk to us. I'm not trying to sell us. I'm just trying to make distinction between the Holy Spirit and all of those who are of lesser order. 
That's why we do the podcast. (laughs) I do the podcast. That's why I encourage you. If you have questions, you have concerns, call us. Because at least that's our Solomon prayer. That's our Solomon sermon today. That's our Solomon dedication. That's our Solomon prayer. That we could stay in proper position subject to the Holy Spirit as we're calling you to be subject so that we might be able to truly, even as Solomon prayed, for wisdom that we might be able to impart it. It's not my wisdom. I know a lot about humans from my education, (laughs) my doctorate. But at the same time, it's not going to even come from that. It's going to come from the Holy Spirit. But he allows me to understand all the things the devil is using against you. And can point those things out. And how if you've constructed your house carnally, how and where it's going to fall apart and what we need to do to build or establish it, the building on a better foundation. Call us if you'd like, 304-528-9220. Email us, covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. Visit us at Facebook, at Covenants on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, and again, I think I've covered all the bases. You can always get a hold of us. You can always come back for the next podcast of what is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry with Dr. Michael David Clay or Dave Clay, if you prefer. And I'd love to have you back. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to be overcomers. But all of that in the name of Jesus. And I want to thank you for the privilege of not only speaking to you as I get this great privilege on the podcast, but just thanking you for allowing me to have that privilege. Be blessed.